as recently shown in the just-finished season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I say just-finished instead of last season because I'm looking forward to the cast and crew coming back (laughs) this fall on Fridays on ABC. This is beginning to sound like a commercial for the show, and I haven't even started talking about um, the show that I love most on television. Marvel's cinematic universe has featured an artificial intelligence as a prominent character as well as plot device in the Ultron storyline, so you can imagine that's why I like it so much. But the first likable Marvel character that I really got to appreciate was Agent Coulson. And Tony Stark was right. His first name was Agent, and his backstory was just what writer Joss Whedon needed to make a likable character, normally a death rattle in drama, part of the story arc. Spoiler, if you know Joss's writing, you can guess what he did to Coulson in Marvel's Avengers, but Coulson got his own TV show out of it, and there's so much drama, excitement, conflict, passions, you name it. If you haven't seen it, go for it on Netflix. Okay, I'll stop hyping my favorite show on television to get to the point. And sorry, Marvel, no one knows how emotions are going to be experienced by robots. But since some non-robots can program robots, well, we should be able to determine exactly that. Well, when we get around to it. Now, you've seen it in a number of shows, and in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's a major story arc about an artificial intelligence named Ada, after Ada Lovelace, or although spelled like the opera Aida, but and, and many, anyways, after many dramatic moments of her, in, they, they included several pivotal scenes concerning the power of emotions. And you know the trope that the magical realism that Pinocchio experiences as a doll is different than the experience of reality as a biological being. And the main difference, again and again, is the experience of emotions. And we biological beings know why emotions are so powerful, because would you move your lazy behind without being punched in the gut by motivation? Well, emotions are powerful because they needed to be. My very motivated predecessors scratched out an existence or staked out their lives for future generations because they felt it? I may never know exactly what they felt, but they were feeling something. And you know that too, like when you experience a feeling that you can't quite describe. The feeling got your attention even before you knew you had one. You knew you had a feeling, however, and by that, I mean I'm going to assume you have an intention span uh, for any length of time, and like we defined in the last episode of this podcast, you have the capacity for emoting or having a holistic interpretation of a mental state, and to, well, document, as well as define, prove, and predict, we can use orthographic models to quantitatively express all the emotions and all their subtlety and power. To keep the orthographic model of emotions simple and easy to understand visually and mathematically, only three dimensions are proposed, although more are possible, and more on that in a future episode, but Remember two episodes ago, I mentioned that emotions can be understood on three axes, like three number lines, but with complex boundaries. 
The first axis measures the domain or the measurable difference between self and other with a special boundary where they meet, merge, and overlap. Think of the emotional state of touch as a way to imagine that boundary on the axis of domain. That feeling could be good, neutral, or bad, right? That is, there is another scale where we can measure our emotional state, the axis of pleasure and pain, or simply an axis of gain or loss. The measurements can be as simple or as complex as we need, and the boundary, true neutral, can be just as valid and useful in our experience as um, anything, and therefore should be represented. And for those two scales to be true measures of an emotion, they have to be independent. Whether the domain is self or other, pleasure is measured independently of that. And just like touch can be bad, neutral, or good. And while the two axes are independent and can be isolated, using the two scales together gives us so much more information when combined than using just one alone. And however, to get a meaningful sense of any experience of emotion, one requires at least one more axis, the measurement of time. Again, like the other axes, time is measured subjectively, but quantitatively on a scale of past, present, and future. Again, the boundary, in this case, the present, is a very special and interesting place for beings with complex emotional inner lives. Like, can you imagine yourself in the past contemplating yourself in the present or in a possible future state in a negative light? That is, can you experience regret? More importantly, can a programmed artificial entity understand regret as the domain of self on that axis and a relative negative loss on the axis of gain and complex vectors involving possible imagined past, present, and future states? But not every being has such complex needs, and some few can even live in an eternal present with only a vague notion of an indescribable past and an indeterminate future. Well, maybe more than just a few, but not every emotion is as powerful or as complex as regret, and the subjective nature of emotions well, could lead to an artificially high threshold for what can be considered an emotion. Remember, in the last podcast episode, I mentioned emotion-like states or emotion primitives by David Anderson. And why would a simple being need a complex emotional inner life? Would a being whose existence is measured in its numerical strength value emotions that are numerically more profound? If non-robots value or fear emotions based on their physiological effects, how would that translate to robots without the same physiology? Well, I don't know if I have the answers, but I may have more questions in the next episode that I look forward to, where we will be exploring adding more dimensions to the orthographic model of emotions, and I hope you will come back too, that is, we'll continue this in our next episode, Robot Come Home. <laughs>